Zone Show. Hey, what's up, guys? Just want to say right off the rip, really apologize. For some reason, we did have technical difficulties, and I just want to apologize for that. About six minutes of the podcast were cut short. We are going to get the tail end of this conversation, but you guys aren't going to be privy to what happened right there. It was on Twitch's end, just didn't record. So just want to say again, apologize, but we do have the rest of the podcast other than those six minutes. So please enjoy, and sorry about that. We'll be back to our normal stuff next podcast. But enjoy, guys. A comment that's been made by several content creators, even like way before our time. Uh, in regard, did you ever play the old school Battlefront 2? Yeah. Yeah. So conquest mode. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like, and again, it gives off those vibes pretty hard. Where it it kind of it legitimately feels like you're going across the universe and you're conquering it, and you're get we're getting to do this together with our guilds. Um, and I, I made a kind of a rage complain video, whatever you want to call it, um, regarding the relic levels about reading needing relic eight and relic nine for those entire phases. Uh, even for platoons and everything involved in that. And I still I still kind of think that that's the one real negative about this TB. It's not even... So you talked about getting to work towards things, and I think that's very true, especially for, like, the phase that we're in now. I really don't have full teams of Relic 7 characters. Like, I'm looking into it right now, and I can, I can really not do most of the nodes that we're in with it. I, and I'm in Sector 3 now because we preloaded. But, like, the Relic 9 stuff, like, I don't... Dude, I don't know when I'm gonna get. I don't know what. How, how many teams do we need for the last one? Is it like twelve, and then you times that by five. I don't. I don't know when I'm gonna get fifty or sixty characters to relic nine. I have two, and that took over a year. So that that aside, and I, I want to kind of get that out of the way. I love everything else. I think the. I think them reusing the very rare mechanics like the Nexu and the Reek was is very cool. Uh, to be able to see that in a different kind of light. I Again, I like the idea of going around cosplayers. I like the modifiers and how they're a little less gimmicky and a little more consistent. Uh, the Dathomir one with the, with the constant revives and the Tatooine with the dots coming from the sun. Like those, I, I like how they spread across everything. The shorter waves are nice and ar arguably necessary. So, oh, and just, just the fact that we have something to work together towards a guild. Like, I know that's something a lot of my guildmates had struggled with uh, for a long time, is that they didn't feel like we had a project to work towards together. And now now we do again. So, yeah, overall, I guess I'll give it a 9 out of 10 for the time being, with the, the missing point obviously being the the fact that it feels like this has been future-proof for the next 10 years rather than the next 2 or 3. Yeah, like, like look, at it, isn't the last two stages both R9? So it's like... yeah. Foreshadow, R10 is probably going to be coming because it's going to be in that last slot, I would imagine. Um, but no, I, I, like I'm, I'm 100 with you. I really like the TB. I even like the little Easter eggs they put into the TB too, like throughout the missions, like on Felucia. Uh, I believe it's like Hondo's on one of the missions, and if like you look, you're like, why is he here? But if you look at the Clone Wars arc, he was there. Yep. Um, one of the clones, I think on Coruscant is like dark side and the rest are light side. And I want to say, even though it's not named, I'm pretty sure that's commander Fox. Uh, the, the one that arrested Ahsoka, the one that killed fives, like everyone's most hated clone out there. I'm pretty sure that's him that they kind of reference. So, uh, it, it's just really cool. So whoever did the TB, definitely a big star Wars fan. And I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't know. 
So I know for a lot of stars in general, whenever they make new content for a show, they oftentimes will have like a lore guy who just kind of knows everything and tells them what they can and can't do. And it almost feels like they got someone for this because if you, I, I feel like there's a lot of things like that. Like I was going around looking at the different planets, looking at like the different characters that are needed and whoever did this, the things you said as well, like they have a pretty good knowledge of the Rebels TV series as well. Like Clone Wars, Rebels TV series, the, um... Jedi Fallen Order, as well as what's the other one? So, so there's a lot of solo references, and they're not like they're not like super obvious things. Like, oh yeah, Mace Windu and Kit Fisto were on Coruscant. Like, yeah, sure, that one's obvious, but a lot of them are a lot more specific that you kind of have to think about. Like Empire being on um on Dathomir, like that's a very specific reference to I I think something I think almost Fallen Order, if I remember correctly. Um. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, no, it, it's dope. And I, I'm excited for it, too. Like, in to see the other future waves, too, in the different planets, like, there's a lot more that we're going to discover. Um, you said your 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 guild hasn't hit Reva yet? Or has they hit Reva? Yeah, we hit Reva. So okay. I, don't, I don't know how widespread strategies are. I'm just kind of going with my guilds doing. We hit Reva day three um so we were we pre we were preloading dark side i think day one and light side day two and then we just did a straight shot with all of our deployment to get three stars in the two middle ones uh, to the point where we hit uh reva day three but i mean we only had like three grands that uh, can apply for it so i think i got a total of one shard just with that experience so it'll that'll pick up big time especially after grand's event yeah hey, you're ready for grand's event too huh Oh yeah, I've been I've been ready for weeks now, actually, and I, um, I, I don't regret that. I kind of just did that to get out of the way, so that I can ever I can start dedicating resources to other things. Yeah, I'm like kicking myself. I'm like, Jabba was a good idea, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I really, really wish I went for Inquisitors, but it is what it is. I'll, I'm gonna go for them soon enough. <laughs> yeah, no, they're. I mean, they've. They've honestly, in their niche, they've never really been bad, but there's very specific ways and they're good. And this is, I guess we're going to kind of flow into Datacrons here almost immediately. Um, they're getting a new Datacron set with this next one, which actually makes them the first true faction to repeat Datacrons. Because we've had a little bit of overlap with like, oh, Jedi and Galactic Republic, or um, we had, I think... I remember another overlap that we have. I think we had like, oh, we had Empire and Inquisitors, but we never, we never had like a true overlap of the two. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how much they're being quote unquote propped up. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure. I'm I'm excited though. I'm excited for the team and everything that they're kind of putting out for that. I think we'll stop getting them once Reva's out though, and I, I'm guessing we'll have some Reva's in four to five months, but. Yeah, she's going to make, I guess that's already another flow into another point we have to go over. Reva's kit looks disgusting. And not just for Inquisitors versus Jedi, but a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, like, like I've been hearing people too, they're like debating on the Grand Inquisitor or Reva lead in TW. Like that just shows you how good her kit is. Like it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting once she put, or once she's released to the game. Oh, yeah, so I, I was thinking about that in my car ride today, because I think she's the one who gives, it's her leader, yeah, it's her leadership that gives five sacks of purge without it being in GAC. Grand's Unique is the one that gives the sixth. So 
he gets to give a he gets a bonus turn and i believe immediately gets to annihilate any of any of the characters i think he can actually even just go and annihilate cat under reva lead which that's really gross considering he's the one with the omicron on his leadership so yeah i don't i don't know enough about the inquisitor snow of what i just said is actually factually true and maybe someone in the chat will correct me but I remember, like, Grand, I think he has an Annihilate when an enemy has six stacks of Purge. And I think when they get there, he gets a bonus turn. So there's... Yeah, it, it, she's going to add a lot to the team, even in TW. And then in GAC, I mean, again, without reading her whole kit here, her leadership, whenever... I'll bring up the Omicron. Whenever Purge is dispelled, which is going to be constantly, because there's so many dispels in the game, there's so many Purges, uh, that character gains Deathmark for two turns. Um... So, you're just gonna any, anything that isn't immune to max health damage. So you know, Malgus, Malik, whatever. You're you're just gonna get destroyed. I, I think um, with the with the immediate kill, it's only dead eye, right? Or I, I may be wrong. Uh, it could be only but dead, but even then, that's still pretty decent. Uh, I yeah, think that that, that's still be... really good. Um, I can't remember if that song is unique or special. I don't know his kit honestly well enough. Me oh like, yeah, I don't. I don't know until like I have them. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, every time they get six stacks of purge, his abilities cooldown is reset. Uh, if they have not been defeated, the target enemy has six stacks of purge and is not a Jedi. Inflict buff immunity. And if the target enemy has six of purge and is a Jedi, instantly defeat them. So you can't just go and kill Cat. But you can you can go and kill GK so that your entire team can gun for Cat immediately. Um, or again, at least that's what that's, that's what it seems like. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like her kit looks really really clean. Like I'm really excited for like these new set of characters CG's put out, and I know that looks like a whole sidebar too with the Afra characters and Afra herself. But they've been really really creative with them and. Um, I've liked what they've done. Like they're able to make teams out there and then bring out a character that kind of even transforms that team even further. So excited for her to come to the game and wreak havoc in uh, GAC because the devs have even said like Riva's gonna be able to challenge some galactic legends, like for sure JML and uh, probably JMK as well, and maybe even a couple other ones out there, maybe even like a Java. Yeah, they, they straight up said JMK Cat is the target. And this really makes me think that when... Um, it really makes me think that when they were finally designing Grand Inquisitor's kit and the Kenobi series was going on, and they were... I think they had originally designed the Inquisitors under Grand to be JMK Cat. Like, I think that's what they ultimately really thought was going to happen. And then they kind of switched things up because they knew that they were going to want Reva. Because it takes them about six months from start to finish. From the from the conception of a character to actually bring it to game, it takes about six months. So I think that's what happened, was they realized that they were going to be putting Reva in the game and in TB. So they, I guess, in a, in a way, probably pre-nerfed Grand so that he was only half the piece to the puzzle. Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see that, especially with their kits side by side. You could definitely see the synergy and what they were kind of doing with the overall team. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm excited for I'm happy to have her. And I, I've said this before. I love, I guess we're going to, I'm going to coin this if someone already hasn't, the Juhanification that is going to happen with the squad, where it was built to pretty much be excellent in one game mode. And you get one more character that makes them super excellent in the other one, too. So, 
Johanny did that for Starkiller. Reva's going to do that for Grand. Not to say that Grand was terrible in GAC before, but uh, definitely is going to be better now. And I would still waiting for the Johannification of the Boba Fett team. That's for sure. But I guess I can keep quiet on that for now. <laughs> yeah, they definitely do do that. <laughs> All right. So we, we've gone over Reva. Now we have one other character that just hit the hollow tables. And this actually is really recent. What are our thoughts on Afra? Um, you know what? I haven't really dove deep into Afra's kit just because I'm so far away from her. But um, I don't know. What, what do you think about it? So I, again, I as well have not done a lot of research on it just because I haven't had time. But I was I watched Same. a little bit of Fatal's testing last night, and he was kind of playing around with a bunch of different things. And I did read the forums report on essentially what is happening with the um oh well, like the question answering question and they said that they're I, ideally they're aiming for her to be just as good as star killer was and they aimed at star killer killing gls so i think that's kind of be what she's gonna what they're aiming for her to do but hey and this isn't a critique and like don't quote me on this but i i don't see it yet like i really don't um her kit looks good overall, but it looked, dare I say it, too balanced to be able to be killing GLs. And also, I don't, I didn't see a lot of specific synergy. Like with Starkiller, I guess we didn't either. I guess he had some mastery things that were really nice. Maybe I should be looking at her. What does her lead Omicron do? Dark side Droid and Dark side Scoundrel allies have 50% critical avoidance. So that's less than Malgus. 30 speed, Afra has 50% potency. Whenever they inflict a debuff, they gain 10% turn meter. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this, honestly, because these these uh, leaderships or abilities in general that are just are all revolving around turn meter. Most Galactic Legends, maybe with that, with the exceptions of JML and C, have a way around turn meter. Like, Esocar just doesn't let you get it. Ray's like, okay, you can get it, but you're going to give me a ridiculous amount of offense that you're just not going to be able to take. And then JMK also don't uh, let you, so... Um, Savitar saying she beats Jabba, which that, again, that makes sense, because that isn't nerfed there. Does Jabba use any droids? I guess, I guess I'm probably looking way too much into her basic. But, yeah, very, very cool. Um, JML and Ray with no Ben on me in arena. Okay, so be, being able to beat, I, I, it's kind of what I figured, JML, Ray, and Jabba, or, not Ray, um, probably, she, I would imagine she beat C. I don't know, though, but. I'm really excited for the assassin droid that she has with her too. Like that's so cool. Like I'm excited that we're actually going to be able to play it and not just see it in the TV. So, and I know the assassin droid is like based on her, I believe, potency. So, so that's going to scale up too. Like it's, it's a lot of stuff that's interesting on her. Um, and then lore wise too, I just love that she's with him because like in the Afro comic books, like she was a big factor of vader getting his like droid army that he got in mm -hmm. trouble with c with so really cool like i like i said with the tb like somebody in cg is doing their homework it's cool to see yeah one one of the cool things about the commander droid and i felt this overall with the tb too the game right now just feels and i mean this in a very positive way full like it feels like we pretty much have the Star Wars universe, maybe not complete. Like, there's still a lot of really uh, good characters and elements that are missing. Uh, the two that come right to mind is a, a Galactic Legend Leia 
uh, where she's general or something like that, as well as a Calcastus and maybe a lot of the things from that game. And there's there's plenty of other things, like a lot of people like to remind me about uh, Darth Bane and stuff like that. But it feels like we've gotten to a point where this, it really feels like we're almost in the Star Wars universe with the amount of stuff we have. Like, we, we have a way to play, like, uh, with a droid or a hacked commando droid and comic book characters and old video game characters and old Republic characters and new, new movies and new TV shows. And it just feels, it, I don't know. I, I kind of like it. It's more, it's a more immersive experience. It feels like now. And I see that a lot with Afra's design. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It just feels like if everything else was the cake, now we're starting to get that frosty to just, making it even more better than what it already is. So I'm excited for it. Well, and it, it feels a little bit like we've finally gotten, not finally, but it feels like we finally have, I keep saying finally, we have ch- all the chess pieces to play the game now. That That's really kind of what the TB feels like to me. Is like, okay, we can, CG can legitimately build a, um, a map with, I guess, 16, because two of them aren't planets, like 16 or 17 or 18, or however you're counting it, planets and they can actually fill each and one of those planets with the characters that are from them like we get we have an entire planet of dathomirians or night sisters or we have an entire planet of geonosians we have an entire planet of tuscans like they, they, the game is large enough that they can do that now and i just think that's really cool yeah they, they got a lot of wiggle room now to play with it's awesome but yeah overall i i really need to see more of Afro's kit definitely no positives or negatives and i I, I will not be surprised, or I would not be surprised, what the is going if if Avra is le- very consistently beating a handful, maybe not, not not all, but a few of the Galactic Legends. Yeah, and it's always early too. Like er, yeah. er, the early reports for all, all these legendaries, all these like event characters are always like a little bit slow off the gate, and then it's like it takes like a month to really really see its full potential. Yeah, there there is typically that cycle. When we see the kit, we usually think it's overpowered. When we start testing, we think it's garbage. Once it actually gets onto the to the field and people start mining, right, then it gets impossible to beat. And then we develop counters and then we repeat the process. That's so typically typically how new, at least legendary character le- releases go. Yeah. <laughs> there are some exceptions to that, I guess. Um, let's see here. All right, um, Tilo, this this might be a big one to unpack now, but we're going to be moving down to leg day. Let us talk leg day. <laughs> Important it is. How do you think I jump so high at my age? All right, so a lot has happened over the last probably two months. Tell us from what you can remember what you've done with your roster there, Tilo. Um, man, there's a lot of stuff. So when I left, or when we left... We were say or where I was saying that I was going for Jabba, so I'm in the middle of the Jabba grind right now. I need five more characters to relic, and then I'll be ready for Jabba. So hopefully that comes soon. Um, other than that, I've been working here and there on little characters. Like obviously Treya's Obi came out, so definitely yeah. it was like a must apply. So I applied that, got uh, Treya to R five, and I got Barris to R five too because I think I'm going to be running that fifth on that team and then um trying to see what else that i done oh i got mace windu to r5 just for datacrons um just the splits i was doing um other than that everything else has gone to jabba oh razor claw so razor claw i think that's the name of the ship i was raven's claw 
Raven's Crawl. There you go. I, I got that one to uh, seven stars too. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, I've been working. I have been. I'm slow farming the Java stuff. I've I kind of committed to taking my time on that just because of the the amount of things that I saw that I wanted to be able to do. Um, that being said, I did much like you. I applied the Trey Omicron as soon as I could. All my Inquisitors are R5. I think I've already mentioned that. And I have everything banked needed to take Grand Rap to 7. And I might, I probably will take a lot of the other Inquisitors up to 7 at the same time. Just because of how how frequent that Reva mission is going to be coming back. I want to be able to dip into that ASAP. So yeah. that's really what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to think of what I've done since the last cast we had. I know that I did upgrade a lot of my stuff trying to get things ready for Datacrons. I took uh, both Hux and Phasma up to R7 to be able to use their Crons. Don't regret that at all, especially because that kind of actually let me use First Order in the the third thing of the TB, and they, they got two out of two of my SLKR team, so that was great. Don't, don't regret that at all. Took a lot of things up to R3 as well, especially Troopers, so that I can actually use a, one of the Empire Datacrons. Or not one of the... Was one of the Empire Datacrons? Yeah, it was the Empire Datacrons with them, although I guess that's... I, this is two months later now, so that's ending. Um, what what else did I do? I've, d I've done quite a bit. Oh, I guess the, one of the actually pretty significant things I did was I geared up both of my, uh, my pre-taunters to R5 so that I can have them ready for datacrons. That's, that's L3 and GBA. And then just because I was so stinking close and I've decided to go the long way around on Jabba, I did Vandor. I did Vandor to R5. So now I get to build the stupid dash team um and then i can keep i can keep the stupid dash team as well afterwards and i need to, i need to look even at this next set because scoundrels have more crons again so i can go back and even even without having the dash cron i can at least have another scoundrel cron for dash and vandor and whoever else nice uh bodhi in the chat said did you uh, gear up anybody any random characters in your roster for tv no, again, unless you want to count uh, second sister, like that's that's about as random as it's gonna get. I'm only um, I I I love my guild, but the only thing that's getting up geared for TB is things that are needed for characters. The rest will come when my roster gets there. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm like my roster is too small for me to do those crazy stuff. But Bodhi and Savitar have new R5 dots, so <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> yeah and i have respect again i've respected the way my guild's done it a little bit i guess and we're not as extreme but like they saw someone had an r5 log right they're like hey could you get him to r6 like could you just do that and then the guy did it and we got you know the, the massive boost from platoons or whatever it was um nice. but yeah i i'm I, I do not see myself gearing up an ugnot and any anytime soon yeah <laughs> me either i don't have the resources for that i'm sorry guys <laughs> i mean i'm in a position where it's like okay i can either do that or i can again i can get inquis all my inquisitors to r7 so i can get reva shards or i can farm java like i don't um i don't really have i'm not really able to do that as a priority <laughs> that's awesome but so so yeah we've been busy though busy with a lot of other stuff yeah, and um, speaking of busy, we also have our GACs that have happened recently. Ooh. 
This is B1, and here's T-Lo and Calvin with their grand earned experience this week. Hopefully they didn't suck. Roger, roger. So, um, now that the podcast, for anyone who's listening to this, and this is why it came out in a weird day, we're probably going to be doing this consistently on Thursday nights, so it'll be releasing Friday or Saturday morning or whenever, however Tilo decides to do it. Uh, but that being said, the way we're going to do GAC is going to also have to be a little bit different just because we no longer have the show in between seasons. So, Tilo, instead of just going, I guess, match by match, uh, how, how has 5v5 season been to so far? Have you noticed any trends? Have you had any specific difficulties? Uh, it seems like a lot of people have been a little bit more offensive lately than defensively. It seems like a lot of people are holding a lot more GLs for offense. And uh, it, it it's played good for me in certain ways and also bad. Uh, I'm actually 2-1 in the first week of GAC this week. Uh, a couple of those were just winnable matches. It's just um, they, they just kept everything for offense and it wasn't a regular trend from them. And um, I, I kind of expected them to be a little bit heavier and defensively. And I, I messed up a little bit offensively as well. So it kind of gave them the opportunity to get the win. Um, but other than that, my defensive teams have been really nice. I've taken Starkiller off of defense and brought it to offense. So that's pretty much exclusively for Rays and Ben Solos. I've been using that. Um Trying to think what else I've been doing. I did test the first week. I wanted to see how um, JMK and Dash would perform for me oh. defensively. I heard a lot of people had success with it, but I didn't. Like <laughs> the people I were facing did just kind of cruise by with that team. Everything seems to get one shot. So I did go back to the Ray Dash setup and it it's worked out a lot better. Yeah. So I'm trying to think about anything else. Um, I, everything else is pretty much the same as all the other weeks because the data crons have been pretty established. So I've been using Vader for Lord Vader. Um, uh, like I said, Starkiller for Ray. And um, yeah, everything else has been pretty smooth, pretty same old, same old. Yeah, I I actually, I wanted, I was going to be using the um, the JMK Dash team when it first came out because I didn't, I don't think I had Ray at the time, if I remember correctly. So that wasn't that wasn't even really an option. So I was like, all right, what's the next closest thing? And then I unlocked Ray like right after, and I'm like, okay, we'll do that. And yeah, that team is actually that team has done a lot for me. I just now split it. I just now split off from using Ray Dash Scoundrels uh, this last month because I needed to pull Gas to Malgus, and I I I was a little on the fence against it in the beginning, and maybe it is Datacron uh, dependent, like a lot of things. But Mass versus Ga- or Gas versus Malgus, even in even with um, in GAC with all the Omicrons, doesn't seem to be that far fetched. Like I went up against a, I went up against an R eight Malgus, and it had all three Omicrons, and I took in my like very play my pretty much my Galactic Legend requirement Gas, who still has an R three Rex, which wasn't able to use a good Datacron. And we still beat it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out. But that's been one thing that was really cool. But with that, I I took off my Ray Dash, and that and then that team just kind of fell apart, and that was kind of a bummer. See, that's cool. I, I think I'm going to try to run that. That gas team seems interesting, especially going against it, because it's like I could risk it with, like, a bounty hunter squad and maybe get away with it. But um, I don't. I don't think that's going to be consistent for my bounty hunter. So maybe I'll do that. 
No, yeah, I've been typically, other than this last match with Gas, I've been typically having to throw a Galactic Legend or some type of weird two-shot at it, like a Qui-Gon and a Treya or something like that, or at least against the people who are setting the good comp with um, Talon and Malak and whatnot. But overall, yeah, I, I that was one thing that I was pleasantly surprised with. And then on top of that, yeah, I'd, I still don't know how I feel about having the Dash and Ray separate, but I guess I have, what, a week and a half to to ponder it before that's no longer a problem? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Another thing that I've really liked is the Datacron with Wampa. So every time they get the dot, oh, he gets that yeah. bonus projection. That thing has been so clutch. I've been killing pretty much every Qui-Gon team with just Wampa, and it's felt pretty good. Even like some of those Turbo teams, too. So it, it's been nice with that team. Oh, no, that was a really good call out. Uh, because, yeah, I, um, I was in a pickle last night where I didn't have enough teams to get everything down. And I look, I was looking across teams. I'm like, Wampa doesn't beat any of this. And then I, I took a closer look, and I was like, wait a second. Okay, so I have this. I have the Datacron you just previously mentioned, and I bet it actually does beat Hux with the Tie Fighter Pilot on the card because typically Hux Wampa doesn't really do that well against Hux because Hux is like, not only can you not have Turn Meter, but you can also can't counter me. And Wampa really doesn't like that combo, especially when they have a decent amount of damage output with the for the first order type of Chrome, but that the the protection up is just the boost he needs to be able to beat him. Ooh, I like that. I, I didn't even think about that one because, like you said, like I can't counter attack. Like they're just gonna attack me. But yeah, with all the dots spreading, he's gonna be pretty thick. Yeah, uh, and, and it wasn't like so. I did a C battle. I did Wampa versus C a week or two ago, which I was honestly surprised that was even possible, or that was like it was possible that someone would set a wampable C in like, I guess it was probably in the top 500 at the time. Um, and my Wampa got some, some stupid number of like 60 stacks of protection up versus the Hux first order type pilot. I think the most I ever got was seven. Um, so they were, they were, they, they were packing a huge punch. That's awesome. I saw that battle too. That thing was cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was... Overall, overall, GAC has been good. Um, I the, the next set will definitely mix things up a little. I was looking at a lot of the abilities, and I skipped over. I didn't read as much as I probably should have, just because the more I looked, the more I was like, okay, I just don't have these characters, and I'm not getting these characters. Like, I think both um, Afra and both her droids are all on there, and I don't... I don't have any of those, and are there? I think I don't think I had a single one of the droids at R seven or even close. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I'm trying to think if I even have Dredica up there. Like, there's a couple of them I, I could possibly use, but it, it's going to be very slim. It's going to be another situation like this set where it's going to be mostly like stat base, which yeah. is fine with me too. Oh yeah, there there are a lot of good stats in this one too. So. You know, the only one that worries me a little bit as far as like, oh, this is just going to be super annoying is the level three dark side. Well, I guess they're all dark side, but the level three that allows them to, uh, that allows them to get a hundred percent turn meter for the weakest ally. And because also, also just because that's going to require for you to use that one to its fullest extent across your roster, that's going to involve a lot of remodding. And I, 
I really don't love the idea of remodding, specifically for Datacrons. Like, I'll, I'll remod, like, all right, a new character comes out, the synergy's changed, I'll, I'll change it. Uh, that's fine, but I don't I don't want to have to do it for every two or four months or whatever it is that things change. I'll do it if it's, like, significant. Like, say, for instance, Vader is able to take GLs. So it just depends on the capability of the team. If it's just basic, then I probably won't do a remod. But if it's, like, going to be transformative to my roster, I'll definitely do it for the data crowd. This is actually, this is going to be a podcast question to and from me for us for next week. What what characters, and maybe this can actually be, a, we'll do this and then I'll make it into a video. Uh, what characters do you need to be remodding to be the weakest to be able to take advantage of that? Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like That's, that's a project, like, Tila, for me and you. We need, we need to have that ready by next Thursday. So, <laughs> All right, for sure. I'm going to have do, my... Do your homework. <laughs> my Apple notes and everything. I'm going to have like a list of characters. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll, it'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely going to change things for next week. And scout one one of the other things that I was thinking about, and we've seen this, I think, a little bit maybe with Empire Jedi, but Scoundrel is on that list, and Scoundrels are everywhere, man. Like, you're so there's Scoundrels yeah. in your JMK team. Yeah, like there's tons of teams like they infiltrate. So yeah, that's going to be a really really good option as well. And a lot of dark side Scoundrels too can take a, a lot of benefit from this as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're and yeah, like I said, they're kind of everywhere. Um, but okay, now, ooh, ooh, are we ready for it? Actually, you know what? Let's do. Uh, we're we're gonna switch things up a little bit. I I want to do these now because we've we've been away for a while, and I would like to do our podcast questions next, just in a purely in an effort so that we don't forget them and when we skip to whose kid is it anyway. So does that sound okay for you, Tilo? No, that's one hundred percent good. We should we definitely should hit those. I especially, we will do whose kid is it anyways. I felt bad. I think it was for, I'll, I guess I'll give him a shout out here. I think it was for Guernsey. Um, I apologize if that's not how you pronounce your uh, uh, tag. But he had written in there, I think I think it's his for whose kid is it anyways. And it's just been hanging there for like two months now. <laughs> I, fe- I felt bad. Um, but okay, so speaking of, again, I think, I think this is his name, Guernsey. If you could pick one pilot... Not fleet commander from each fleet to take to R nine. Who would they be? So I don't know if we'll have quite enough time to do everyone, but um, I do like this question. Not fleet commander to R nine for a, for one fleet Tilo. Who would it be? Oh my gosh! Um, we'll start off with um, the the Piet squad. I, I oh man. So it can't be Piet. Uh, it can't be Piet. No, it can't be. It can't uh, be the fleet commander. Gosh darn it! I'm like I'm torn because there's three that I would really want. Um, obviously, Bosk and and Bam. Bam, a lot of viability character wise too. Same thing with Bosk. One that would be interesting though for the fleet itself would be IG88, and and, and that one's cool because I would never do that or be able to do that otherwise so yeah because you're not really double towards... dipping at all like we're, like you said bam yeah. and boss you double dip quite a bit but but then again i, I you know what my answer is probably ig88 just because i like throwing ig88 into the shorties team too so it's not a complete bust to where it's just a ship wise so yeah probably ig88 which is weird because i, I feel like it shouldn't be bad but i think i would go ig88 
Yeah, so for me, and th this is really where I have, like, the least amount of morale to talk. Um, just, or, our room to talk, not morale. This is where I really had the least amount of room to talk when it comes to these type of things. Because I'm, like, you can tell, and you can tell by the way I talk. I'm, like, one step below, we both probably are as far as GAC goes, away, away from relics and ships mattering. Like, I know at a certain level of gameplay they do, but for where we are... You you need profundity and you need executor. You don't need to have relic nine on your fives and your crew and your whatever. So, um, yeah. But the one that comes to mind that I think will be really fun and useful is Plo on the negotiator squad, because I think once Plo hits a certain threshold in speed, it starts to change a lot of counters. And when you use him in the starting lineup, I think that's what allows the negotiator to beat executor, uh, and that's probably. Especially with like everyone and their mom now being being a uh, negotiator, um, I'd probably, especially like I, if I could just magically make Plo go to R nine, it would be great because my Plo's gear eleven, so that would save me tons of relic levels. Yeah, you know what? I I think for negotiator, I would pick Plo too, and I, I could find an interesting spot to put him character wise too. Like he has tons of cool little stuff for his kit. His kit's like not great. But it has like cool supportive stuff like the TM gain, the AOE, just depending on where you put him. Yeah, he's unfortunately his kit's not bad, but with the way the power creep has gone and the amount of Jedi we have in game now, his kit yeah. is definitely falling behind. Like his, his basic removing stuff are dispelling buffs on basic was cool until like six other Jedi did it too. Like Shaka Soga Jet Luke literally all do that, but better. Um yeah, I, I feel like Plo would be like my Ezra 2.0, where Ezra is always there just in case I need him, but most of the time I don't need him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, and I guess we want to throw other names out there. Crew would be a fun one for First Order. I'm really oh, yeah. not sure what Resistance Pilot wants R9. I guess I'm tempted to say, Plo? uh, yeah, Poe, just because <laughs> he's he's also the only single pilot for that fleet, isn't he? So, oh, I guess there's resistance pilot, but yeah. So you're gonna get the most out of your bank for your book, but I don't think that like that fleet doesn't just beat things if you have everything R nine. Um, yeah, and then what, about, what about for profundity? The profundity is kind of a pain um, because it runs into the similar problem that resistance does, where you don't have one pilot ships at least most of the time. Like Millennium Falcon, two pilots, Y wing is pilotless. I guess you know what actually dash. I've actually heard that Dash gets um, two loops around and profundity mirrors and actually makes the mirrors more consistent. Yeah, I, I think it's, it has to be Dash for them. Yeah, I wish you could do like a group one because like it would be really cool and interesting to put it on like the Phoenix for for one of their one of their ships. But individual wise, probably Dash, like you said, that, that's a good call. Well, I think there Even actually though, is the mechanic in there that that makes a difference, rather than him just being stronger. It's he get he gets at just enough speed to be able to unlock something. Like I, I like if they, like I said, I think he can loop something or something like that. Even though I'm not gonna lie, like having an R nine like Han or Chewie would be awesome <laughs> for ground. Even though it's for the ship. Oh yeah, well, well yeah, that that is true as well because <laughs> they're they're especially Han's damage output, but or true even true oh, survivability. Yeah. I would like. I would like Chewbacca to be R9 just for survivability, but I guess yeah. I don't know when that's happening. CG seems to think it's going to be happening two years from now, but we'll find out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All 
All right, so that was that was a good question. Um, that actually might be fun for that might be fun for a video too. Uh, so we have to we have to answer Savitar's question because he got mad at us. So I I read this question wrong. So shame on Calvin. Um, we've heard a lot of monologues in Cassian. What is your favorite monologue in Star Wars overall? Like from I don't even want to say from Episode One because you can do before that. From the from the dawn of time in Star Wars until the end, what is your favorite monologue? Oh man! Like recently, bias it no. definitely. Oh, like, sorry, it, sorry, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know, but I'm just saying, like recently, bias like uh, uh, and or like you could pick either one of those two monologues. Like those were absolutely awesome. Um, so I, 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 to... I, I wouldn't like ten years from now. Andor was great. I'm not trying to hate on Andor at all. But I will remember. I don't. I don't even think Andrew's monologues make top three for me. Oh man, but Luthen's hit so hard, and then um, Andor's mom too. Like that was pretty crazy. But let me think about this. So you have one in mind, or no? Uh, so I, I have quite a few. I have quite a few that come to mind immediately. Um, and I'm not. They're actually almost more dialogues than they are monologues. So I guess those don't count. Um. Yeah, it's gonna be harder actually. Now, everyone, I'm trying to, I'm trying to actually think of pure monologues. What all we have out there, but like the Obi Wan walking away from, I guess Darth Vader on Mustafar, where he's uh, screaming everything out to it. And this is really a monologue because the, the most Anakin says, "I hate you." Um. Oh yeah, so. Cassian, by this point, is spoil. We're 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 going to be doing spoilers. It's been it's been months enough ahead, um, so I guess I should have given that warning. But yeah, going back to to favorite monologue, the oh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, uh, yeah, pr probably episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Obi Wan walking away from Anakin, just kind of pouring his heart out to him and showing him not only how he's sad or not not sad, but like. This is more personal to Obi Wan about their relationship and their and their bond than it is about Anakin destroying the universe. Like that that that's what's happening there. It's not Obi Wan looking at this dark, sinister being that's going to bring doom for the galaxy. It's about his best friend, as in his words, his brother has turned against him and become everything that he wasn't supposed to be. Gosh, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm still like I'm looking at uh, Drummond's one, Jenner. So that's a good one too. Man, I don't know. That's a hard one. I'm trying to think of anything with Yoda too. I feel like he has a decent monologue too on Dagobah. Yeah, there's a lot of instruction that goes to Luke, or even um, yeah, even but, some but, of the stuff that Luke says to Ray. I don't. I don't even hate a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's a hard one. I would have to look. Like, like my mind's saying Luthen right now because, like, that's the most recent one, and I think I liked his over like Andor's mom and Kino's speech, uh, like Trouble's saying. But Luthen's was hit pretty, pretty hard. Yeah, I don't. There's. I have certain critiques about Luthen's because Luthen's character in general. From an objective status of again, we we look at Star Wars knowing the Empire is evil. That, that, that's not an yeah. argument. Like again, if you're trying to be facetious, 
or trying to make a joke about something you can you can you, we can sit here and like poke around and say the empire is good but objectively as viewers we know that the empire is evil they're bad they shouldn't be in control so what luthan is doing is justifiable but there have been times and i'm not gonna cite historical events here i'm not i don't i probably don't know what i'm talking about enough to actually even do that but there have been times where people have thought they were luthans and in reality they were something much worse than that and they were maybe even yeah. they 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 were in the wrong um so that's that's my only i guess it's not really a critique of Luthan. i don't think it's a bad he's an amazing character he's probably one of the best designed characters of star wars ever um but yeah so anyways I, I, you know the one i'm also thinking of is like yoda's like and i don't even know if that's a monologue but like the anger leads to hate hate leads to like suffering like maybe that one would be mine but i don't even know if that's considered like a monologue if that one is then that's definitely my favorite it can <laughs> be I quote it so much it can be that one is i think a really interesting as well as to um a random connection so luke's words to ray in episode eight about the jedi's hubris i really felt like that's where the jedi were in the sense that they understood the force they had the knowledge of it they knew how things worked but they were they were blinded by their hubris and they were so crappy at applying it like anakin is obviously over here suffering this is like one of the most powerful force beings ever he's probably good he he has the capacity to murder and destroy entire planets and we see that later um and Yoda's just kind of like, oh, you shouldn't do this. Like, there there should have been a lot more guidance. There should have been a lot more empathy there. Um, but it, it, it marks a really cool point in the history of the Jedi and ultimately in their downfall. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing, like, a big one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Savitar mentioned um, the Clone Wars. There's, there's several... Oh, actually, you know what? I remember one of my other favorites. Um, Rebels. Yeah, Maul, Maul has a tendency to have some really good ones in his interaction. But yeah. in Rebels, when Maul encounters Obi-Wan, and Maul, again, this is a dialogue, but Maul looks at him and he says, you know, like, look what happened to you. The great Obi-Wan has fallen or whatever. And Obi-Wan's response is very simple. Like, look what I've risen above. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, Savitar put in some bangers in there. Yeah, but um, again, I'm put, I'm put in the same situation where I'm like, I don't know which one I want. <laughs> There's our, a lot of good ones. Again, the dialogue with Maul and Obi Wan and, and Clone Wars was also really good. Right before it kills Satine, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what Obi oh what how what Obi Wan told Maul what real power is. Real power isn't embracing. The dark side and getting a shortcut to power real power is denying it or something something along those lines and i i thought that that, that held held a lot of truth for our lives because like I, I i this is again a really random weird tangent but i grew up doing a lot of martial arts and one, one of the most highly valued um i don't know if attributes is the right word or characteristics of martial arts is discipline and it's very so much that idea where you're not your true power your true potential isn't indulging and everything that you want to see as fast as you can but it's actually insane no to those things um and that's where you really gain dominion but that's a completely different rant 
No, but I'm 100% with you because you see it a lot of times, like the people that learn how to like have the ability to really inflict a lot of like violence towards somebody else are usually the most like calm and controlled people out there. Like they're not the ones seeking the fight. Usually it's like the untrained people that are seeking the fight. Yeah. Oh, and we can't forget, um, I hate sand. <laughs> that, that one wins. <laughs> Okay, so, Savitar, we really didn't answer your question, but you got, like, 16 different answers, so hopefully hopefully that was satisfactory. Or I pronounced that word. Yeah. Anyways. All right, so we have a question from AM2 Rain Man. Even with the Raven's Claw, is there any value in the Homeland Fleet? What are its offensive capabilities? Uh, for me, I, I still find it valuable. I, I use it as, like, a cleanup option. Obviously, that's, like, not, like great but having it as like another cleanup option is really cool because like i have the hodo ship as a cleanup option and now i have the akbar team with the leftover rebels as a cleanup option so it makes up get or makes me able to get that full clear just a little bit more obtainable in those like hard situations with those fleets yeah the only thing even relatively interesting i've heard about it is that it can beat and this is i've heard i have not seen this but some people have said it beats Negotiator. I looked up the statistics for it. They're not good. It's like 16% win rates, which is, is not good at all. But that might mean there's some weird niche in there where you can do it. But I also, I don't know. I'm not sure why you would do that. Um, like, there again, there's so many counters to Negotiator now. that First Order can do it really well. Uh, we're about to have two separate Empire fleets that can do it. Executor and Profundity obviously have no issue. Malevolence can do it just fine. Negotiator Mirror is kind of a thing. Uh, I, I think it's value, and I don't mean this facetiously, but its value is as a cleanup fleet. Like that's it's nice to have that. Like I, my last GAC, I used every single starfighter I had, every single one. So cleanups are important too. Yeah, hundred percent. Like how many times have you been in that situation where you're like, I just need one more capital ship with a couple ships, and I would have got the clear. Well, and the the synergy too with um, Raven's Claw as well as Bigs. Because I for this is really weird. I forgot how good Biggs was outside of Home One. Like Biggs actually used to be the plug and play tank before we got Houndstooth. And there, there, I, I remember there were forum posts about people complaining about how good Biggs was, and it was ridiculous that he was that strong. Yeah, it's still a lot of good options. It's like missing like I guess like one or two like really really good ships, and then it's going to be a nice little contender as well. But we'll see if CG wants to focus on it or they're going to leave it behind like say for instance some mace windows capital ship yeah we'll see um but all right that that's that question and the ne next one is from brick hard me asking when is when we're going to put out another podcast the answer is <laughs> tilo is it going to be december 16th or december 17th uh it'll be tomorrow all right so uh, that's the 16th. i haven't looked at the dates <laughs> And man, I miss Brick Heartbeat so much. I miss their podcast. Like that was another type slot for me. Their podcast was awesome too, especially like at the end once the drinks were flowing and stuff. Oh man, they would have me laughing. Oh, oh, they were. Yeah, I, I, there are quite a few podcast hosts out there that I listen to that I find are funny, but th their dynamic was one of the. It was it was yeah. one of the funniest. <laughs> like they could. I I don't I don't even know where to start. Um, yeah, I. I'm glad they're both happy doing what they're doing right now, but yeah. I, to say I don't miss it would be a lie. 
Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I'm like I miss even watching the streams too, seeing Itchy up there for the holiday special. Man, that would always put a smile on my face. <laughs> that was good. I that they'd actually be, and I don't mean this offensively to any other podcast hosts out there for the rest of the game, but they might be the only one that that if they did a podcast on another topic that I would follow. Like that that oh, I would probably 100%. still listen to. Like I yeah. Anyways. Okay. Uh next question from Podfan723. Starkiller's been out about a year, and I'm about to unlock him. Super cool. My question is about maximizing roster efficiency. Oh, this is this is a hard question. I've always valued my EP Mara and Leftover Empire teams for offense. Is there a good argument to keep them off the Starkiller team? Perhaps using Duke with Asajj? For reference, I hang around K3 and dabble in K2 occasionally. Is there even a viable Starkiller team without EP and Mara? So, Tilo, I'll, I'll let you answer first. I do have my own opinion, though. I really think it's just depending on the datacrons that are out there. Like if, like for instance, set, this set that's about to expire had the awesome datacron where her cooldowns got reduced. So yeah, definitely see there being an option to kind of separate the team and maybe throw in a Savage Omicron with Starkiller. Like I definitely did that a couple times, but if that datacron's away and I don't really see anything else that's going to really perform that team to be able to like push it to the next level. I want to hundred percent keep them kind of together EP Mar and Starkiller because it's just a disgusting team. Like it could take out a ton of stuff. So I would definitely not separate them and keep them together unless you really, really had to uh, looking at your opponent. Maybe they have a little bit more teams than you, or you have a game plan going into that fight where you can see an option where you can use EPMR to kind of beat something that they place and still leave a decent squad. Maybe in that instance, I would definitely separate them, but I would really choose my spots on that. But for the majority of the time, keep them together. I would... I de definitely do not close off the, the, the possibility of removing them from EP Starkiller. Um, and, and this yeah. is going to vary on what you face. Like, Duramon is bringing up a good point that... that the EP uh, Mara Starkiller beats Jabba with the current Datacron. So that's something that's happening right now. And also, that's if you're facing Jabba. Uh, so you, you really do have to kind of craft this to yourself. But I would encourage you highly to experiment with not using EP and Mara. Because actually, I've actually started doing this in 3v3. I don't do this in 5v5. But for 3v3, I'll put, I'll put Savage with Starkiller because that team is actually pretty hard to counter. Um, whereas in 5s, it's actually really... It's kind of easy. I think Bounty Hunters beat it. Uh, and they, because e EP Mara, and I, you're, you obviously know this because you've been using them like this for a while, Pod fan, but they they kill so much without Star Killer. Like, they are a very good duo. Um, but yeah, they're, the, the, the other popular options are Duku Asajj, probably not the top of the list, uh, Vader and Kylo. Like, OG Kylo is, is probably one of the other popular ones. And then Crew and Lobster. I would say play around with those three until you kind of find something you like. If you're really stuck to using EP and Mara on their own team. And I, I honestly, I get that. Um, I don't think is there anything else to say, but yeah, pay attention. Definitely pay attention to the data crimes that are out because there might even be a combo out there. I don't know if there's going to be a separatist combo at one point where Duke Wasage might actually be the best one. We'll find out. Yeah. I, I just think it just depends too. Cause EP Mara is the ceiling on that team. Like that team, like, hits so hard so it's really just going to depend on his matchups the the only downside to ep mara and, and this is on defense is it with it being the most common team it's also the most figured out 
Yes. Like that's like so Wampa in 3v3 will beat the EP Mara one on defense. And we know that because it's so popular. Like so the Savage Star Killer comp, I'm, I'm sure there probably are counters that are non-Galactic Legends, but so few people know them because it, it's it's such a new team. Yeah, it, man, it, it's just tough. That that's a tough one for sure. But and I think I think the next question coming in. Uh, oh yeah, it's actually very related. I've heard good things. Uh, oh yeah, so this is actually I think TK responded to the question, so he's not asking here. I don't think. Or good things about Savage with SK just filling with twos. Yeah, so I made a comment about that. Threes, I like Savage. Five, not so much. Yeah, this whole last season I did that. Savage and uh, Star Killer. It worked out pretty good. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely like it a lot for threes. It, it's, it still is very challenging. But all right, Tilo, that took up our questions time. So keep those coming. But now we have to do whose kit is it anyways? <laughs> Are you excited? I'm excited. I forgot we don't have a solder yet. I've still dropped the ball on that. I was waiting for it. <laughs> now you're good. <laughs> All right. Would you like me to go first? Uh, yeah. I'll right, see here. My care. Oh yeah, this this will work. All right. I think we. I don't make any comments. You got you have your game covered up and everything. Get your chat covered up. Let oh, me awesome. Cover the chat. For any new listeners, uh, whether the podcast or on Twitch, we every time we get together, me and Tito play a game called Whose Kid Is It Anyways, where we each of us get the ability of a character, read the ability out, and the other player has to guess what character it belongs to. So, Tilo, deal physical damage to target enemy and grant all allies potency up. If this attack scores a critical hit, reduce the target's max health by 15%, which can't be resisted until the end of the encounter. Do it one more time. I have an idea who it is, but just just in case I miss something. All right, so you're going to deal physical damage and grant all allies potency up for two turns. If this attack scores a critical hit, reduce the target's max health by 50%, which can't be resisted until the end of the encounter. Oh, yeah. and against raid bosses, it ignores armor. I don't know if that helps you. Right. Um, I'm going to think that's a newer kit because they have that raid qualification. So I'm going to say Kyle Katarn. It is not Kyle Katarn. I will give you. Okay. We'll go. We'll go. We can go down to the faction though, and this actually this does narrow it down quite a bit. So, um, Sith Empire. Oh gosh, it does not help. Um, potency up. I right, read it one more time. Physical damage, grant all allies potency up for two turns. If it's a critical hit, you reduce their max health by fifty percent, and it can't be resisted. Also, Edinor's armor versus uh, raid bosses. I don't think it's Malgus. It's not Ballastilla. This is. I don't think it's Revan. Uh, is it? No, it's not Marauder. I don't think it's Sif. Empire Trooper. So is it Assassin or... I'm going to say Sith Assassin? Nope, it is Marauder. It is Marauder. Gosh darn it. Okay. It's actually... It's a good ability in some regards, but the potency up part of it I think is so awkward 
because of ferocity. Like ferocity is like, oh, you want potency? Have six thousand or whatever. But yeah, Marauder being able That's to reduce max health, it was actually very important uh, for killing my nest a few times, so that wasn't fun. Oh, you know what? That's 100% right. Because there's a couple of characters that kind of reduce that um, max protection. Ah, I should have known that one. Oh, and what's That's weird not... is he can actually still do it to Galactic Legends. Like, when they went in and nerfed all the um, max health reduction from, like, gas, they didn't take away his... So he can Man, actually still reduce, he can reduce max health in Galactic Legends. Oh, that's really good. That's unless, good to know too. Unless they are count as raid bosses, which I don't think they technically do. But <laughs> all right, Tilo, you ready to hit me with what you got? I'm gonna cover up chat. All right, let me know when you're ready. I am ready. All right, blank taunts and gains retribution for two turns. Uh, the blank gains protection equal to twenty percent of his max health while taunting. I read that again. Blank taunts and gains retribution for two turns. The blank gains protection equal to 20% of his max health while taunting. <laughs> the verbiage is weird. Oh, that's I'm, that's weird. I think I've seen a lot in reverse where they where the character will get health relative to their protection. Like, like Vandor will do that. But where they get protection from their health while taunting that's weird and that, that seems new retribution so i'm so this is a special move because it just says that they're gonna taunt and they're and they get taunt and retribution at the same time that's really annoying that's memorable um I know that there, there's actually quite a few what characters that can do that. I know, I, I know Sith, Sith Trooper can, but I think he does he he does it when other people start doing specials. Zalbar does too, but that his, I'm pretty sure he taunts when he uses his armor shred move. Tank, probably a new tank. I'm pretty no, there's no way this this isn't um ninth sister. Who's another new tank? Not Stormtrooper Han, because he does the turn meter thing. Thanks for new teams. I'm almost wondering, is it H2 doesn't get retribution, he just has counter chance. Yeah, whoever this this is, this is not a character that I use a lot. Oh, is it? I know they reworked him recently, and he's a tank. Is this Gamgard? Gosh, sorry, they covered. <laughs> I don't so, like you right now. You always get my stuff right. <laughs> that, that one took me a that one took me a long, hard minute though, because taunting and retribution at the same time is a very annoying mechanic. So if I don't know it instantly, that means it's something that I don't face very often or it's very new. Yeah. You would have definitely got it on the second try anyways. Oh, but narrowed down to Hunt Cartel? Yeah, because yeah. it would have either been him or Kersantan. Yep. Oh, nice. 
How many tanks we put over to Zalbar and, and get yeah, I have Gamguard. Um so uh Set also, Sith Empire Trooper will also put up Taunt and Retribution, but not at the same time. And then yeah, I think there's other characters like uh Bayes' Taunt and Retribution. And then K2 has like a fake version, because he'll he'll counter, but he doesn't have retribution. But Alright, so now we're gonna to go to our fan entry. So we need to um we need, yeah, both of us need to cover up chat. We're gonna finally do. Let's see, where is it here? Uh, whose kid is it, anyways? Our good friend Guernsey's. All right, so, um, I I do not know if I'm gonna be able to remember who did. Yeah, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna restart. I'm not gonna be able to remember two months ago. So, Tilo, do you want this one to be for you? Um, sure. All right, all right. So, Tilo, this is yours. Deal. Physical damage to target enemy. This character gains critical chance up for two turns, and the attack can't be evaded. Oh, the simple ones, the dirty ones. Jeez. Um, okay. So critical chance up for two turns, it can't be evaded. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, you, they deal physical damage, but... Yeah, so it's probably a basic... Critical chance. Critical chance basic would always make me think uh, Ayla, but there's no stun there, so it's not her. Who else has critical chance on basic? Gosh, who needs critical chance? It has to be... I have no idea on this one. I've got a hunch. But the actually the what what's really tripping me up is that it can't be evaded. Yeah, that's the yeah, even the critical chance. I'm having a hard time on this one. Uh, let me I'm just gonna pick up somebody random. I'm gonna say Darth Sidious. I think he needs critical chance. So let's see. No. Gosh darn it. Makes sense. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, when I think critical chance on basic, I think Mando. I know it's not Mando, because Mandos can be evaded, which is very annoying. Um, because that ruins your whole TM train. But the other one that comes to mind, and I think it's going to be evaded too, but it's a Gene Ocean Soldier. His basic. Oh, you know, no, 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 no. It's not his. It's Spies. I'm going to go with Gene Ocean Spy. Yes, got it. Yeah, because his can't. <laughs> Gosh, darn it, I remember that it can't be evaded because it's really sneaky like that. Okay. Yeah, and it, it makes sense once you see it. You're like, oh, duh, it's spy. Yeah, I don't know. I think I went to soldier first because he wants crit chance as well. But yeah, both of those would have been like acceptable answers. All right, I'm gonna leave another note here as well so that I remember this guy answered. Okay. All right. That was a uh, good one. Yeah, it was. So, Dilo, now we have to talk about Star Wars in general, a.k.a. Uh, there's a few recent trailers come out you wanted to give us an update on? Yeah, so, like, the two big trailers that recently came out, obviously we got um, Star Star Wars um, Jedi Survivor, so the sequel to, um, to Fallen Order, and then we also have Bad Batch Season 2, another trailer drop. So, which one do you feel like talking about first? I'm excited for um, I'm excited for Fallen Order Survivor, whatever it is. I'm actually I'm probably gonna pre-order and stream it. Is probably what I'm gonna do. 
Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one to stream, especially once you get to like the the what is it, Jedi Master mode or what's the hardest mode? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that that'll be wild. Are you gonna get the book? Uh probably not, but maybe. Maybe I will. So I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna read that one. Battle Scars looks pretty interesting, especially like with this trailer. Uh there's a lot of questions. The the trailer brings out a lot of stuff that I'm wondering. Like, for instance, where's uh Mara? Like she's not in the trailer at all. And Cal looks pretty beat up, which very cool, yeah. by the way. But I also don't think he he didn't really I mean I guess I guess you probably don't fight Darth Vader and come out the same, but I definitely feel like we're missing some gap. There's some gaps there. Yeah, it's going to be five years after um, the first game. So it's going to be right at the same time where um, Obi-Wan is fighting Darth Vader. So the Obi-Wan series and this are going to be taking place at the exact same time. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, so so it makes me wonder, because on the, on the book title, you see the fifth brother. So I'm wondering... If this is going to be before the events, I would imagine it has to be before Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it, it kind of like sets up like the suspense that Fifth Brother isn't going to get whacked in this. But who knows? Like Star Wars is breaking a lot of canon in certain, certain uh, mediums. But this, the the trailer itself, did you like anything in the trailer? Anything catch your eye? Um, I, this is really neither more or anything like that, but I think it's really cool when a game can look so appealing and actually show you so much gameplay instead of cutscenes. Yeah. Um, I, I, it really, it looks like a very fitting sequel. Like in the sense of where it's going to still kind of maintain the same type of gameplay, the same type of mechanics, but it's just going to be a, a sequel. It's going to be a sequel both in story and in, in mechanics. Yeah, I'm loving like the new mechanics where you get to interact with like the 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 living creatures of the worlds where yeah. you see him actually like riding some of these and fighting with them it looks really cool the the creature that he's actually riding gave me like flashbacks of like the old uh, Tarnikoshki uh, Clone War series where Yoda's riding that into battle oh yeah um, it's not the same animal but it but it gave me like little like vibes of that another cool aspect of like the gameplay is him like grabbing the stormtrooper and turning around and having them fire on the other ones. It gave me really, really good uh, feelings of uh, what was it? Uh, Force Unleashed. Unleashed. Yeah, that that, yeah. that definitely has Force Unleashed vibes written all over it. Yeah, because I remember when they did that for Force Unleashed too. I was like, oh, that's so awesome! So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Um, story wise, though, story wise, did you catch anything that that caught your eye? No, not really. But I also wasn't looking. Yeah, I, I was. I one of the things that really got me interested was when we saw, and I always forget her name. She's the bald lady. Uh, I don't know if that narrows it down. Ah, she's the black bald lady. She was. Oh, uh, Seer. Seer. So, so when we Seer, see Seer, Sarah. we see her in like what it looks like Sarah. the Jedi library. The so it, it, complete. It, yeah, the archives. So it look kind of look. It gives me vibes of possibly. It could be Jocasta Noob's um, secret library post Order oh, sixty six. So when Jocasta Noob in the Vader series, she was able to rescue a couple of the important stuff out of the archives and put it into a place, and also like had like a list of Force sensitive children, like all sorts of crazy stuff in there. So I'm wondering if that's the exact same place because obviously 
spoiler alerts for the comic books, but it's been out for a couple of years. Jocastanu dies. So she doesn't get to come back to that library, but she does have some people that were in the library. They weren't Jedis, but they were people that were associated with the Jedi Order. So I can see them reaching out to somebody like Sira and maybe having her take over that role uh, because she obviously Jocastanu didn't come back after her battle with Vader, even though she did work against Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope that's the same place. Another thing that um, got me interested as well was uh, the bounty hunters. The bounty hunters in there, uh, a lot of the rumors out there, and I could definitely see it too. It looks like a Gendai. And if you guys don't know what a Gendai is, the Gendai is what, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dirge. Dirge from the old Ternikoshki series too. Yeah, I know know Dirge. Yeah, he's also canon now too. So like, I, it's not Dirge, but it could be one of his like species, which yeah. is cool too because that species. And I remember this from like an old reference book. Like, uh, Dirge was like two thousand years old, and it had gone a little bit mad um, because the older that species gets, the more they kind of lose their like mental capacity and they become a little bit more violent because that species is completely passive. This they don't really oh, even leave that planet. They just stay on the planet and um, are really, really peaceful. So for him to be a, a bounty hunter is really going against what they are. It's because he kind of lost his mind. And they're basically like invincible. Like the only way they were able to beat him in Legends is Anakin threw him into a sun. So so I'm wondering how Count Kestis is going to be able to fight this enemy if it is a gun die, which it probably, I, I maybe it's not, but if it is, definitely going to be a hard enemy for him to fight oh that's that's really cool yeah that that dirge dirge was a really cool character and I, he yeah. kind of came out of nowhere and then went into nowhere yeah because most of the story was like in the comic books like we see him for a little bit in like the the clone war series and then all of a sudden it's like everything else is in the comic books Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, that thing came out in 2003, and that character didn't really get picked up again until what, like the Kira comic book run? Uh, yeah, the Kira was like the first time it came out in canon, but like all his other appearances were all like pre-Dark Horse. Like for the longest time, people were wondering if they were gonna even gonna make him canon again, just because he's like that OP. Like <laughs> OV One was able to go inside that man's body, blow him up, and he still regenerated. Well, I still, I still wait. So speaking of OP, I still am waiting for the day that some, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. If it's going to be Andor or Obi-Wan season two or Bad Batch or whatever, where the scene's going to end is just going to be Vader walking to room saying it's time and us seeing Sam Witwer turn his face around. Like that's, (laughs) that, that's, that, that has to be coming. There's no way that he's doing all this random work with them and that this subject has not come up. Or uh, or or shout out to like a couple episodes in in the past, Christian Bale. Oh, gross! No, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not getting Calvin riled up again. No. Uh, but the last thing I did see on that trailer that was interesting is that the the Jedi, which is obviously a Jedi in that tube. Um, a, there's a couple of like theories out there. One of them being that it's maybe a clone. But the one I'm leaning towards is maybe somebody locked him away in like a pre like carbonite chamber, even though it's not a carbonite chamber. Maybe it's like something similar to where he doesn't age, 
but it looks like it's a High Republic Jedi or somebody oh, of that that's like, a fun twist. sort. Because if you look at the robes that he's in, uh, it's very white and gold. In the, the High Republic Jedi, they were exclusively almost all white and gold. So I definitely could see that being a twist. And it makes sense, too, because a lot of the Star Wars titles that are upcoming and um, some of the previous ones, too, have touched on Jedi Orders that kind of are not even Jedi Order, but like splinter groups of the Jedi Order. Like the Afro series had like the Rao. Uh, it was like a Jedi kind of cultist where they like were very into droids and like putting their essence into them. Oh, um, so I wonder if like he could maybe be another splinter group of the High Republic and uh, we get that information maybe in the book that's upcoming or in the game. But really, really fascinating stuff that's going to be happening in the end there. So hopefully some of these theories are right. I'll be, I mean, I'll, I'll be excited for anything Star Wars. I'll take it. Yeah, me too. And the next one is uh, Bad Batch Season 2. Uh, what you liked about this one? Um, are you hyped for this? Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to always see more Bad Batch. I think, not in the trailer, but one of the things that I've kind of theorized myself, I have no idea this is going to happen, but is them continuing to tie up knots, or not knots, but like tie, making the connection between where everyone is at and one one of the things that i'm curious is crosshair specifically like is crosshair just going to be the prototype for the dark trooper because that's kind of what he seems like right now and that's how it was in legends is the original phase one dark troopers were modified clones and crosshair has been a modified clone essentially since birth so this would I think this would be a great way to tie into that, and I think this will be towards the end of the the season finale or whatever. But I'm, I I want to see more what they're gonna do with Omega, and I know we she got a lot of attention last time, so I would, I would like some character development for like Echo. But um, I still think, and I think we still think they're building up towards a, a Yuzong Vong type of Infinity War. Oh man, we're gonna talk about that next week about the Mandoverse, but there's tons of stuff that's coming out. But like for the Bad Batch series, like I'm 100% with you. Like I definitely want to see all that stuff. Um, there's a couple of interesting facts that people have kind of caught on to. Uh, for for the episodes, I forget exactly what number episodes they are. They spell Fet, like the first letter of the word. So that may be a, uh, and I believe it's right before the mid season finale. So it may be an indicator that Boba Fett's going to be in the series, which would make a ton of sense because we had a lot of those rumors that um, Omega would be a fixture in in uh, the book of Boba Fett if they were to make a season two. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I, I noticed, and a lot of people did as well, it looks like the Bad Batch is going to be on Sereno, and it looks like they're actually in Count Dooku's... Uh, palace which is really really interesting you only see a brief glimpse of it but if you line it up to when dooku's in the palace it looks almost exactly the same it really makes me wonder why they would be in there but man if they go to sereno and and find some artifacts on dooku that would be really really cool oh and it kind of makes me think that the the tales of the jedi miniseries i really Mm -hmm. don't think it was for funsies I, I think there there were there was information or world building information in those episodes that is going to be 
it, it was great. I, I love those episodes, not to talk trash in them, but I think there's going to be a bigger payoff coming later on. Yeah, even the models they're using, like if you look at the Bail Organa model in the in the trailer, it looks exactly the same as like the Tail of the Jedi. So like the teams that have worked on the Tails probably worked on Bad Batch, and there probably is some tie-ins. And I've I've been rewatching the Clone Wars um, as one does, and <laughs> the the animation. If you like, go back and watch season one of the Clone Wars, and then like watch Bad Batch. Oh my gosh, the how I, I've been so impressed with how they haven't moved away from the animation style, but how much it's improved. Oh yeah, like I remember like a while ago, I looked at like episode one because that episode one is like awesome, especially with Yoda. But oh yeah, the man, story's cool. Yeah, but man, it's rough. Like it and rough. it's funny how they like they did it over time where you didn't feel the yeah, gradual change, true. but it's a big big difference. Um, another thing I noticed in the trailer is they're obviously going to Kashyyyk, and that's probably where they're gonna meet. Uh, I always forget his name, Grungy. The, uh, Gunji, the yeah. Gunji, there you go, the Wookiee Jedi. Yep. I, I really wonder if they're gonna be tying into uh, the Luminara arc that kind of got scrapped from uh, the Clone Wars. So Bad Batch uh, was supposed to be on Kashyyyk during Order sixty six. And they were going to have an arc with Luminara. So I wonder if some of that aspects of that arc are going to come into play in the season two while they're on Kashyyyk. That'd be kind of cool. Because you really look at it, it's like, why why they have Luminara in the first season? I, I It would be cool for them to have a little bit of a callback just because they did have that initial arc with them. Well, and I wonder, I wonder if this is how we'll get the story for how Luminara appears in Rebels. Yeah, and, and that could tie in too, because it's like they're the she's the only one that they really use as bait like that. Oh, uh, that the rest of that's a sobering uh, episode as well. Yeah, and the rest of them you see like they're they're used as like almost trophies, like we saw them in Obi One. Why is she specifically used as bait? So I wonder if they can tie that in together. That'd be cool. Yeah, I I think it'd be really cool. So yeah, we'll. We'll see, though. Um, and I, like I said, I'm always excited for it. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good time. The one thing I am a little bit concerned about is uh, Bad Batch is going to be kind of crossing over at the same time as Mandalorian. So we're we're definitely going to be busy. So we're probably going to have Mando episodes and Bad Batch at the same time, at least for a couple weeks. Yeah, and I'm, I'm that's okay. I'll... I'll probably just have to end up watching things on the weekend, like I. But I'm already kind of doing that with currently how life is going. I can't do it, man. I, I as soon as it pops, I gotta watch it. Man, I'm like I, a crackhead. I'm all scratching my neck, and I'm like, oh no, man, we gotta watch this. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. If I if I had more options, I would want to. But I my schedule is already. It's pretty much max, and that's. I, I like my schedule. I I chose the job that I have now recently, but it's. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> I think though, I think I think that pretty much sums it up. Is there anything you would like to tell everyone before we raid off? It looks like uh, the battalion is actually doing their roundtable right now, so that would be that'd probably be a good transition for us. Oh yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm definitely gonna stay on and listen. Um, not for me, I, I've been a bum, especially with punk content creation. So don't have anything to pimp. So hopefully soon, we'll see. 
Yeah, I still there's and I'm I'm sick right now, so that's part of the reason why. But that's well one horse I haven't entirely gotten back on. But yeah, so for future future reference, I know we already mentioned it earlier, but this um this is pro- very likely going to be the normal time for the podcast, and then the following day will be the 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 normal time or this will be the normal time for this the stream, and then the cast will be the following day. So mark it on your calendars, be here, be square. You guys know the drill, but Prime's asking one more question. I right, go for it. <laughs> he says, uh, which, Prime. Set, which set six data crown are you making tonight? I'm going to answer for me. I have to look a little bit more deep into it. And that's why we really didn't cover it. This one probably going to cover it next episode a little bit more in depth. Yeah, so that's definitely a fair statement. We'll be covering it. So I t- typically what I do when these new sets come out is over the weekend, I will pull out a squad like uh thingamabob and i'll list out every single team that i want one just so it's more organized so i haven't i haven't done that yet uh and that will we can talk about that more next week but i'm trying um sure one benefits gar the most yes definitely uh <laughs> but i'm trying to think if there was one that already no there was one level nine i think there's only one level nine that i'm actually going to be able to get i'm trying to remember what it was um of a character that i had r7 or was close to r7 so like Gar, Gar is dark side, so there there very well might be something out there for him, especially if you. I guess yeah, making him the weakest doesn't do too much because his best thing he can do is remove turn meter, and removing turn meter really doesn't do a whole lot for you if you're starting with a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so Grievous Grievous is definitely going to be a level six. I had seen that. I'm trying to remember for Scoundrel. I feel like there was... I'm going to have to pull up the list right now, actually. Um, oh, I can't pull up the list because you're... We're using you through whatchamacallit. Um, there, there was there was one level six, though. We, we can do that right before we go. This is going to bug me if I don't look it up right now. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Grand Inquisitor. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't even have Grand now, but I was looking over all of them. And I mean, I'm going to have that whole team R7 with it definitely before these four months are over. So that's that one's going to have to happen. I was looking over, I was a little curious. I was looking over all of the Inquisition ones and trying to see if there was, like, if that was actually the good one or if the good one was actually on Second Sister. Because sometimes they'll do that to us. Um... Yeah, so there are there are lots of dark sides. There are actually a ton of dark side squads that'll benefit. But I also when I, when I was factoring this in, they they have to be ones that I actually have geared. Um, so like geos, geos will yeah. be cool, but I don't, I don't, I don't have geos, uh, or at least not not relict, or at least not the majority of them relict. But yeah, I think the the scoundrel one is the one I think is going to creep into a lot of things because they don't have to be dark side scoundrels. You can you can find a team that has the scoundrel tag and the, the level three won't be active, but the level six will be. That's uh, that is that is the motto, emo whale harder. But all right, um, <laughs> it, it it is, and that's I I said this last night. I've always kind of found that humorous because it's awkwardly enough the, a solution. All right, so one battalion strong. It looks like it's the name of that. I don't think I don't think we've ever had to raid them or we've been able to raid them before. No, our our Monday streams are always a little bit light our, for other Swogger cre- uh, creators, so we'll see how Thursdays are. Hopefully they stream every Thursday. That would be awesome. Well, typically, I, I don't know. I don't know how they do roundtables. I, I thought it was once a month, but I guess, I mean, what's they do. could be now? Um, 
All right, guys. Until next time, stay mad awesome.